My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is Jennifer Minjarez. Jennifer and I talk about anxiety, and we really explore how our anxieties seem to be similar but different. Her and I have talked personally a handful of times about our different anxieties. We work together as well and how that's factored in. And it's been really interesting to see how we both seem to be relatively anxious, yet it manifests quite differently from one another and almost in an opposite way, if that were possible. Uh, we talk about her need to plan more in advance of conversations and my need to plan way, way less. So it's really fascinating to just kind of see and understand how different you know, similar, let's call it, issues can manifest in different people. It's really illuminating to me, and I think it will be to you as well, especially if you deal with anxiety of a certain sort and you want to see how other people deal with similar issues. If you like the show, please subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcasting app and consider supporting us at thesafespace.ca. Hey. Hey. Um... So I wanted to talk a bit more about how each of our anxieties manifest, because it's been really interesting. You and I both like claim anxiety, let's say, for lack of the proper term. Um, I claim anxiety. (laughs) Yeah, but um, because, you know, in particular, it came up. In particular, it came up recently. I was going to be reconnecting with my ex-girlfriend, now friend, who I hadn't talked to for about a year. Uh, you know, lots of background not worth getting into, but I was, you know, anxious about the call. And some of your, one of your questions was like, do I have a specific goal for the call? And I found that really confusing because my anxiety would manifest traditionally of like playing the conversation in my mind thousands of times in advance and like being too concerned about what are the points I'm going to hit? What are my goals? And so I, my response was like, no, I, no, no, no. I need to do the exact opposite. I need to just not think about it. I need to just go in and trust that at the time I'll be able to, uh, you know, deal with the situation. Um, and so, you know, I can go more into my background, but I'm interested what kind of led to that question and, and what are your experiences in situations like that? Yeah, I'll tell you what led to that question. And I haven't been in situations like that too much, but the closest situation I could think of was um, I was once, once this is an ex of mine in love with somebody and they weren't sure if they wanted to be with me anymore. And so we were on a break and it was very long. I think it was like around a three month break and he eventually ended things. But um, I remember that after, yeah, after he had ended things, I was going to a therapist at the time um, for emotional like regulation help, which is specifically what I dealt with. And particularly in the context of this relationship, which is putting me through a lot of emotional regulation challenges. And when he had broken up with me, I remember telling my therapist just that I was constantly consumed or overwhelmed with anxious, ruminating thought cycles that looked nothing like me playing out a conversation with the person because just as a side note, my brain does not do that. I have heard that that's something that people do, that that's like a way that people process what they're going to say to people is they run through scenarios. But my brain just stops and says, I don't know what they're going to say. I, 
why would I plan ahead? There's no actual, this is all just speculation. It's just crazy. <laughs> You're crazy. And so um, I don't do that. My brain, it's not natural for my brain to want to do that. And I don't even, if I even tried, I would feel silly. <laughs> I don't think it would be helping me. Um, that's not to say I don't think it's helpful for you, but I'm just saying this is how different we are. This is why we had different needs in this kind of situation. But I would go to my therapist and say, for like weeks, like I, I can't focus. I'm, I'm crying constantly in class. I can't focus. I can't work on anything. I can't feel motivated about anything. I'm just, I'm overwhelmed by these, this like feeling of anxiety and unresolved. And all I want to do is I want to go run and communicate with this person again. I want to go I want to, I want to reach out. I want to text him or like, what if I have a phone call with him? Or like, would it be so wrong if I flew out there and saw him because he lived in a different state? And she would ask me things like, okay, but why? Like, what are you seeking from that? And I would, and I didn't really have a lot of good coherent things that I actually wanted to say that hadn't already been said to this person. Um, Cause I had said a lot at the end and leading up to the end too, when we were having our break, when I was trying to advocate for the relationship, a lot of things were said and exchanged. And she was saying, okay, you need to have something that you're trying to get out. If you're, if you're going to interact or reach out to this person who's made clear that they want to have a clean break for you. And it's very clear that that might not be good for your mental health. It might just cause more unnecessary suffering for you. Then you should probably have an actual like mission statement or stated goal or points of things that you think are new and significant for you to say to this person. And one of which can't be the vague, tricky, your mind tricking you mission statement of closure. That can't be one of them um, because you, they're not going to give you closure. There's nothing that they're going to say that's going to make you not be in extreme pain and confusion. And like, you're going to have to get through this yourself. And so she made me do exercises with her and thank goodness she did because there's a lot of other non-relationship related scenarios where this is the kind of exercise that I needed, where I'm just feeling a cloud of chaotic pain and I'm having ruminating circular anxious thoughts again that don't look like a played out conversation with a person but just they're they basically just looks like questions questions that like keep coming up or circling in my brain and branch off into other questions and then I fill in the question with like the worst case scenario and then I like keep asking questions to maybe try to like undo it but then retangle it and then undo it and retangle it again and just go back into what the past situation was and re re go over it in my head like if i just re go over it enough i can rewrite it or i can change it or i can re-understand it or i can find i can find the key that will give me closure or give me resolve but the truth is is what i needed was a therapist to be like hey what do you even have to say to this person do you even have a goal for this interaction that you all your emotions are screaming at you to go pursue. What do you have to say? Write it down. And is it really worthwhile? Are you really going to get what you want from this person? Is saying these things really going to make things right in you? So that she needed to ground me in like actual reason, like actual rational thoughts. So this is really interesting because at like the last part you said about like what the thoughts were that were ruminating, they're very similar to mine. And I think this is where 
like the the way we approach emotion kind of hits its peak but we come to it from totally different angles even though we end up at the same spot of these ruminating thoughts because at the time and always i still had viewed it as valuable because i was getting more information for myself and i would run through the situations and and the history and stuff but then if there was a schedule like when once there's something planned um then it was like and it didn't even have to be intensely uh anxiety inducing even just mildly and it like in terms of you know if i can align these on a spectrum of how anxious i was like even the mildly mildly anxious ones i would play the conversation in advance and stuff um but it's what was my point because you you covered a lot there and basically i think for me the i used that rumination as an escape it was like the safety mechanism to get it i wasn't i never viewed that as emotional at all i was over analytical and so i disconnected that very process from my emotions right and so it took on a different form almost because i was totally detached from how i was feeling and i always assumed if i said the right thing and i i wasn't good at like consciously thinking in advance right these were all totally out of control but that's how my mind always was almost and so i just needed to be in the situation and i trusted i could deal with it but i but i needed oh, it's so bizarre to me because once i was in a situation i just needed the situation cuz then i trusted whatever would blurt out of my mouth right but if i wasn't in the situation it was like psychologically painful because i was running through you know the preparations for then trusting that to happen because there's no way i could have even come up with a goal in advance like i couldn't slow my thoughts down to that point um and so when it comes to like the advice i had to learn over and over again wasn't to go in with i don't think i would have even been able to interpret it properly like what you said somewhat resonated as like oh that may have been helpful but there was no ability that i would have been able to do it um because for me it was very much just don't worry about it you're having a conversation with someone that means you both want to be having that conversation and whatever happens in the moment um you know that is okay you you will be able to deal with that at the moment because i was and but I, none of this felt emotional to me right i mean obviously it was but i had no sense of that at all because mm. i very much my defense mechanism was to detach and the anxieties prevented me from feeling my emotion because they were so overpowering and one the example that's most interesting to me is with the same ex when we first broke up and uh we were going to have a conversation that uh was going to be difficult i had felt i think i spent probably 20 to 40 hours analyzing in advance and i came up with what i thought the outcome would be and i was right because like there's enough data i knew her well enough yeah and i i worked through it and i did solve it right and so it like it like if you analyze it enough you can get the answer and then i mean most of the time it's not right but like sometimes it is or whatever but so that's kind of i don't know if that's helpful or even but i'm trying to see where we match up and why because it I would say you maybe got lucky 
got lucky. Yeah, I mean, is it really that the interaction went well because you analyzed it enough or that the interaction went well because she's the sort of person who can really surprise you and basically no matter what you give her, she can respond in a way that is pretty constructive and that's just who she is. And No, 100% it's the latter. Totally like I got so lucky with this person who could deal with all of my stuff, but I meant like the actual what the decision she had made was. I figured it out and why. Uh, but you didn't, I mean, you didn't know. Again, like, was it how much of it was brought about by your analyzing versus how much your analyzing just happened to align with what happened? No, none of it was brought about by my analyzing. But oh, okay. I'm sorry. The way you worded it was like, if I analyze enough, I can figure it out. Yeah, figure out what's going to happen to then try and relieve the anxiety, right? Like, mm-hmm. if I'm so, like, for example, if I assume I'm rejected, then I'm less anxious, right? If I assume I'm rejected, right? So if I've saw, cause then there's less variability. The more variability, the more my mind wants to figure it out, right? Mm, yeah. um, and it was the same, I mean, it was the same with first dates always, like so anxious about first dates and all of this kind of stuff. Um, but it very much, yeah, I, it never felt emotional. That's, yeah, that's so interesting because the reason why I was bringing all of this to my therapist was because of how emotional this was all making me. So it, the cycle of thoughts was like a cloud, like just a dark, horrible shade over me. It was like, I, I, again, I couldn't focus. I couldn't be present. I was just, I wasn't even really like out here in my body experiencing things. I was just, I was just in here in a pain loop, in a loop of like painful, uncomfortable uncertainty. And then all of the mean um, or scary fill in the blanks. I I have a word for it. I would call it my insanity Mad Libs. (laughs) I would go into my therapist and say, I'm just trapped in like my own insanity Mad Libs. Um, But yeah, I would just all of the worst case scenarios being filled in or speculations being filled in like, Oh, did he really love me? Probably not. I was probably just some young fling that he was having for a while and I was being used. And then like another question would counter that and be like, no, but we really were in love. So how could this have possibly happened? And like, was it something that I did? Is this like, how could I have messed this up? How could I have failed this? And then like more questions, like if this can be happening to me, then like, how can I trust anybody? What kind of universe am I living in where like, it doesn't seem like things have to be fair or just like how can I live in such an unpredictable world where I can get so hurt and, um, blah blah blah, but and then that doesn't sound like an emotional process because that's. But it felt it it felt so. I was feeling so much suffering from like again like it like yeah. if you were just from the outside looking at this going on in my head like you can't hear my thoughts so if you were just right. an outsider looking at me I would literally just be sitting like staring off and then like like leaking like randomly all throughout the day. Like I had teachers coming up to me and being like, you don't look good. Are you okay? Like we can tell that you're going through something. Like you're clearly not focused here. And it seems like you're in pain. Like, do you need an excuse out of class for a while? And like, I would be like, no, no. But I mean, it was very obvious that like I was walking around just kind of like 
Yeah, and so this is- And that's how I was feeling. <laughs> this is where our contrast comes in and it's really interesting because I totally get, like I think we had the same mental state potentially, right? But mine was two things. One, if I, as long as I held to the idea that I might actually solve it, then I like I would just keep it going, right? I wouldn't. I didn't even have the awareness to stop it. I thought it was a valuable process always, and and what I would do, I wouldn't walk around and not be able to do things. I made my environment chaotic. I made my environment consistently adrenaline filled and chaotic, so it actually forced me to engage my mind beyond the anxieties that were running. And then it's whenever I went home, I would just get stuck in those thoughts. But it was like my reaction was to push even push my mind even further. So it was dealing with more stuff. Um, and then like I never felt the emotions. It never I literally felt like I was a detached head. Like I never felt my emotions. I never felt embodied. It felt like I was kind of whipping my body around because if I actually stopped both living like living like this but then also stopped the rumination, then I'd have to deal with it, right? And, and I have to have to deal with the emotions. And it was just like, no, 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 no. So I overcompensated the other way and I was hyper-focused, hyper-engaged all of the time. And it's like, I had to be doing stuff um, rather than like not being able to do stuff. Well, maybe one of the differences is that I think like really my mind didn't assume that it was a solvable thing. There was no solution. I wasn't aiming at a solution. It was just a, a torture wheel for me. Like the, the pain was the irreconcilability of the situation to me. And I didn't have thoughts of like, this is reconcilable because the thing that had happened to me that I thought was unfair and confusing and just so painful, I couldn't even process it. It had happened. There was nothing to solve. There was just only lashings or um or to to go deeper it was just such, it was just it was a combination of a hurtful thing and then something that like didn't make sense to me and i wasn't going through this loop because i even wanted to make sense of it it was categorized in my mind as a nonsensical thing that's what it was it wasn't like if i just think about it enough i'll solve it i'll make sense of it all that's not really what was happening for me that's not really what my goal was it was just it was just there was this big hole of nonsense of what had just happened in my life and this, the questions were just like blood rushing around this wound and like circling it and like just like i don't know yeah. like that's it just like it like imagery of like flies like rushing around a carcass and that's all it was it wasn't like there's a there's a solution like that would have been nice to have felt that and i and i had to hear that from my therapist no maybe not it It appears to have been a trade-off and i would have been experiencing a host of other problems but um no like it was in my mind as a thing without a solution and that's what hurt but i i still couldn't move on from it i wasn't moving on from it Right. Whereas for me, I didn't consciously think this. It's just how I now know my mind held it. I was certain there was a solution. Right. So and it was a whole other host of pain because there wasn't. Right. Like, but 
I was you're the, you're the solution. I yeah, I was so certain there was a solution. So it was I am the answer. It, my heart is the answer. Um, but so it was very much like yeah, and I also had a hard time even being able to think in my own head about it. So I would text the people involved. I would talk to, I would ramble to friends for hours and hours about my anxieties and just, well, what about this? 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 And I would just kind of spew it. And I, cause I, for whatever reason, my fundamental assumption was this is solvable. Right. And, and even if it was something in the past and I mean, the, 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 the worst case scenario, what happened was when I fell into my depression and I was alone and stuff like that process got turned into my own brain. Like, why does this happen in my own head? Where was the mistake? Where? And so it like the anxiety got shifted from external to internal and it was just absolute chaos and, and a mess, but very much. So it, it seems like it comes down to a fundamental like assumption we had about the chaos. So like both of us had the anxious chaos that, but like we had a different assumption as to how to look at it, which seems to then have fundamentally like trended us in different directions as to how it manifested. Yeah. I mean, I felt it as like, I mean, I had a visceral physiological response to when this was going on with me. I felt um, quivery, unstable, like a shaking leaf, like something fragile. I felt, um, weak in my body. I felt burdened. I felt tight in my chest, but a quivering tightness, like a, like a big wound all throughout my body and all throughout my mind. And, um, and like a fear. Um, I mean, it was really weighing me down. I was really not moving on from it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's so interesting how like, yeah, it seemed like we had similar thoughts running through our heads, but I just felt it as a depression. I, yeah. I felt it as a depression. It wasn't just. Yeah. I, I'd say it I felt like I was sick. I mean, it felt like it, it breaths were heavier to take and the light, it felt like the life was gone from me for a while. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I, I understand mm -hmm. that having experienced depression, like as I started to deal with the issues in a, in a different way. But at the time, like, you know, when I first started to deal with my mental health issues, I thought I was bipolar because my like, but the psychiatrist said, no, like you're choosing to behave this way. So I like chose mania, right? Like I was so over the top because that was my way of avoiding it. Right. If I'm, yeah. if I'm always up, I'm not down. And then, you know, fact add into it, I used to have a depression for about once every four months on average, I'd crash, but I didn't know what it was. And then add on top of that, I was abusing alcohol and drugs and these other things that very much helped me ramp up. And then I'd get hot hangover crashes. Like I'd get chemical uh, crashes, which helped my brain calm down, but then it would kind of ramp back up. But very much until recently, until the past couple of years, I felt totally detached from my actual body and feelings. It was very much just a head sensation. Um, and it's in, like the first physiological sensations I ever got were actually like pretty uh, specific headaches because I like 
that's just the only part of my body I ever paid any attention to because it was just like so overwhelming to me. But it's because I was certain it was worthwhile, right? For some reason, I was certain I could solve it and all of my problems would go away if just I could solve it. Um, so it, it's, yeah, interesting. There was one more difference that came up earlier that I wanted to say something about, which was you had said something along the lines of, you could just assume that once you were in front of the person in the situation, you could trust whatever came out of your mouth. I couldn't. Like what would have come out of my mouth was unsubstantial emotional vomit. Like it just would have been, I love you, please. There's something missing from my life. I, I can't, I'm feeling, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel fair. Just give me more time. Just give me more chances. Like nothing actually of substance and very much like weakening myself and not actually anything constructive to any kind of form of closure um, or anything like that. It would have just been a spewing of all of the anxious of the anxiety loop looping in my head, some form of it. May, yeah, maybe I would have strung it to be a little bit more um, conversational, but that's really all it would be conveying. And that's why my therapist was like, you need to have a mission. You need to have actual things to say if you're going to be talking to this person. They need to be clear. They need to be new, not repetitive to something you've said before. They need to be, you're saying them on your own terms. And regardless of what, how the situation turns out, you're you want to say them for their own sake, not because you're trying to affect, not because you're trying to manipulate him or affect some kind of outcome one way or the other, but just because these are meaningful for you to say. And, and then you have to think about why. And I was, when I asked you that question, when you were like, oh, I'm going to talk to my ex soon. And I was like, well, okay, what's your mission statement? I was just like projecting onto you. <laughs> like everyone must need this exercise, right. but it's not the case. Not everyone has the same processes things in the same way. Yeah. That well, was I, I had forgotten that that was a treatment for a particular ailment that I was experiencing right. and you might not have been experiencing that ailment. Yeah, and I mean one thing I'll add to that is definitely like what I did do in those situations was spew my anxieties, right? Like that's what the actual thing was. Well, maybe you should have done my exercise. <laughs> but but like I was so used to just spewing my anxieties all of the time right? I was always living at that level that it felt comfortable. And so it was like, you know, and whatever the situation happened, then I could go deal with it again later. But I never, you know, for good or bad, I never regretted an, an engagement with someone because I was just engaged and spewing, right? And like, that's the only world I knew almost. Mm. Um, and, and I never felt like it would be repetitive, because I had done so many simulations in my mind that it's like, there's definitely- Because you'd, you'd repeated it so many times. I, I didn't expect it. <laughs> it couldn't be repeated. the best angle. I remember though once, like there was a, there's one friend that we were friends on and off for seven or eight years. And regularly I would just make a fool out of myself because she was really attractive to me. I really liked her and I wouldn't know how to handle it. I'd hit on her, it would fail and it would be awkward. But then, and then I just kind of like get over it and engage with her as friends again. And the same pattern would repeat. And 
it was so bizarre to me that she stayed as my friend and we kept re-engaging, but she thought it was just interesting and like, can, like good that I just kind of let the past be the past. But one time in particular, I remember thinking like, okay, I just need to explain to her exactly rationally why I think it makes sense her and I would date and it would go well. Yeah, that's what's standing in the way. <laughs> I, I remember. You haven't made the right argument yet. <laughs> but I remember, literally though, that's how, that's how I approached all of this. And I literally remember the feeling men, of a light bulb. And if a woman, wait, wait, if it a was, woman doesn't go out with you, it's because you haven't crafted the right argument. That's what I thought. Men. And so, and I, I don't have very me many memories associated with emotional states because they were like, I was always stuck in my head, right? But I remember when I realized, oh, I just have to make the clear, honest argument. I remember feeling like, you're a genius. How did you not think of this before? <laughs> like, it was so, but that's just how I was. So like, even- It's like, literally, <laughs> do you hear, uh, let me tell you what you're saying. You're saying- that you're a sorcerer, and if you string the right words together in the right order, you will spell the girl <laughs> into <laughs> believing that she should date you. Yeah, basically, that's what <laughs> I You just haven't found the right enchant yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, well, that's, that's why I actually thought that. That's why I'd spend yeah. hours and hours thinking about what's the right thing to say. How do I yeah. get right? And that's literally for whatever reason, that's what I thought. And I mean, we could have a whole philosophical conversation about where that comes from and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, that's so that's where it came from for me. So very much when I go into when I'm starting to get anxious, my thing is just calm my mind down. Like, mm. don't worry about it. Stay calm now. Stay calm then and just be yourself and like things will work out. And the more I try and plan, it just triggers me into those old habits, I think. Um, and I mean, yeah. it even happens with, it happens still on occasion and it's just. I was also, it was also very important for me to calm my mind down, but the way to do that was to get out of crazy loop and into actual clear, tangible, discrete statements. Yeah. And that happened a bit for me with like therapy in particular, like I'd write down the topics I wanted to be sure to remember to talk about such that I didn't just keep them on my mind to remember to then talk, right? Like, so it's very much in some aspects, I, I have value in at least like noting down, okay, what is what am I going to achieve there? But for, mo for me, it's only really been therapy that I've had to do that. But I, like, I don't detract it, but it definitely at the time when like I was learning skills, it was very much kind of the opposite of what uh, my problem or was in line with the problem, I suppose. Man, if you ever find that magic string of words, gotta let me know. Oh, we can talk about something along those lines. And if you just, if you just whisper to a girl in her ear, like, Butter boat cellar door phalange. Right. <laughs> She's yours. It's over. <laughs>